Okay, just coming up on 12 before the top of the hour, back on a Tuesday afternoon. I'm Jeff MacArthur. And with many COVID restrictions, as we've been talking about lifted public health measures, lifted as of today within the province, many are wondering, what does that mean for COVID numbers, where they may or may not be heading? Dr. Lon Vaisman joins us now for more on that. Dr. Vaisman, good afternoon. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for being here as always. Uh, let's start with, if we could get maybe just a bit of a snapshot uh, when it comes to the province. Uh, where are we uh, right now, relatively speaking? Are we in a pretty good position, a pretty good state as these COVID restrictions, the proof of vaccination requirement, capacity limits are uh, lifted in the province today? Yeah, all the indications across the province in terms of the clinical numbers, so hospitalizations and ICU admissions are all trending in the right direction as we speak. There is only some signal in some areas that the wastewater uh, with COVID in it is rising in some areas, but it only slightly. And that trend is, is unclear how it'll play out. But overall, there's a very clear trend since uh, about the middle of January for the last six, seven weeks that everything's going in the right direction. All right, going in the right direction. But just how reliable are those numbers, Dr. Vaisman? Because uh, as the numbers have been going down, also going down has been testing, the amount of testing uh, we're doing. But does the fact that we're monitoring wastewater, is that, that a better, more reliable indicator? The wastewater is kind of an indirect measure of what might be going on. It's been used in the past to kind of as a signal prior to what we would be more concerned about, which would be hospitalization and ICU admissions. So it's kind of an early indicator. It's certainly true that we're not testing the general population anymore, and now it's really what we're looking at is the numbers that are truly the most important, which is the hospitalizations, ICU numbers, and deaths. So, you know, if you think back to why why all of these restrictions were justified in the first place, it was really all to protect the acute care centers to prevent death and to prevent hospitalization. So if that's not happening, then those are still probably the most reliable numbers to look at. All right. What we're seeing today is perhaps uh, the biggest lifting of restrictions we've seen in quite some time uh, here in the province. Again, capacity uh, limits. Uh, Raptors will play in front of a, a full house at Scotiabank Arena for the first time in seemingly uh, forever tonight. And of course, that proof of vaccination requirement uh, no longer at uh, certain indoor public uh, facilities. Is there any concern at all that uh, we might be, uh, we look back a couple of weeks from now, taking a step backwards here, that uh, we could see numbers on the rise again? Yeah, there certainly could be. I think most people would agree that there's a, there's a good chance that might happen. The question is, what's the magnitude of that rise? Is it going to be significant like in January? And, you know, based on the comments from the CMOH, Dr. Moore, they would predict that it wouldn't be that significant that we're going to see an overwhelming number. So if you think back to January 31st, when there was a lifting of capacity restrictions in some, some areas, there was a prediction that actually in later February we would have seen a rise, but that never played out. So fortunately, despite having lifting restrictions in January 31st, nothing really arose from that. But now the big question is, what about March 1st? What about these restrictions? I think it would be reasonable to predict that there is going to be a rise, but you know, is it going to lead to overwhelming number of hospitalization and deaths? So far, it doesn't look that way. And uh, the key thing is to keep a close eye on those numbers. And also one of those numbers we're keeping a close eye on is uh, vaccination rates, which uh, overall, when it comes to uh, single and two doses, pretty good uh, here in the province. So uh, barring any other uh, variant like an Omicron, an unforeseen uh, variant, that we should be uh, okay as we lift these uh, restrictions that the uh, vaccines are providing safeguards when it comes to uh, hospitalization, hospital capacity and ICUs? Yeah, I mean, that's certainly, it's certainly the hope. Um, again, we don't really know for certain, 
every population is different. So if you compare us to another jurisdiction, nobody really knows what exactly is going to happen. Everyone has had different experiences. But as you said, I think you pointed out correctly that barring a significant um, variant, and certainly the BA2 variant of Omicron is something to watch for, then we, we don't anticipate it to be as severe in January. Because for one thing, uh, so many people just recently got COVID in January. You know, somewhere between one and four million Ontarians just got COVID. And that provides to some degree some protection from reinfection. And on top of that, as you said, that vaccination rates for adults in Ontario is extremely high. So we are well protected against another wave. It's just a question of how bad, you know, how, how big is this bump going to be? And when it comes to those vaccination rates, Dr. Vaisman, I mean, they are significant, over 90% when it comes to single and double doses. But do we really need to have our eye now on booster shots and uh, third shots and really watch the uptake there? Yes, absolutely. Especially for the elderly population, the uptake wasn't, hasn't been nearly as good. But we know that the best protection against severe disease and to some degree against even transmitting the disease or having mild disease is, is certainly getting three doses. Because second doses, just having two doses now, preventing mild disease is, is not really good anymore. I mean, it, it's not nearly what we saw initially when the vaccines were introduced last year. So encouraging people to get three doses will be another really like high yield maneuver when you think about it. When you compare that to having to lock down or having to restrict people, this would be something that makes a lot more sense, a lot of sense to, to invest in right now to prevent any kind of, you know, going backwards kind of thing. I want to ask you, too, about that BA2 uh, variant, if you could fill us in a little more just to how prevalent that is in the country and the province and how much of a concern is it when it comes to transmissibility and severeness of illness? Yep. So what we know so far about the BA2 variant, which is another variant of Omicron, we, we are exposed to the BA1 primarily here in Ontario. In Ontario right now, the BA2 is only in single digits, so somewhere around 4 or 5% perhaps in the province, so quite a small number. And based on data from other countries, what we know so far is that the variant is likely to be more transmissible, but not more deadly, more virulent, causing more death or more hospitalization either. So that, that is certainly good news on one side, because that would be a big problem if we had to have more hospitalization and death. Uh, the, the other big question is, can you get reinfected with BA2 after having recently had the other strain, the BA1, which so many Ontarians just recently had? Right. So far, it looks like the protection is pretty good from just recently having had infection. So that, that'll, again, it'll protect us for at least some short amount of time and combined with the vaccination will provide us a good, good protection against BA2. And that's another important point is that vaccination is, very, is still protective against BA2 when it comes to severe outcomes. All right. So having said all of that, I think that gives us all a pretty good picture as to where we are right now in the province when it comes to COVID and Omicron. And with the lifting of these uh, restrictions today, capacity limits and the proof of vaccination uh, requirement, uh, the premier uh, hinted uh, yesterday and today, actually, as well, about uh, lifting the masking mandate, uh, perhaps by the end of this uh, month. Is that something that you would recommend or you could see on the horizon? I think perhaps March would be a little bit early, only because we're still in the winter season when a lot of people are congregating and hence more likely to have contact and transmission. So the, the, the other thing is that there's still going to be case numbers rising. I, I don't think it's, as I said, it's probably going to rise by the end of Jan and March because of listing restrictions. It's just a question of how much. So it makes sense to reassess the situation in end of March, beginning of April. But if we do see significant rises, we should hold off on that. If you think about all the restrictions we've had, Masking should really be the last one to go because it's the least risky, the least costly, and you compare it to all the effects on businesses with restrictions of capacities and shutting down. So it really should be the last thing. And if 
numbers are still rising again. It's something we hold on to. But if we see that after March 1st, the effect is negligible on the number of cases and, you know, the, the numbers are not significant, it, it's certainly something to look at in certain areas uh, to, to remove in April. All right. Dr. Vaisman, appreciate your time as always. Thanks so much for joining us on this Tuesday. No problem. Thank you for having me. All right. Be well. Dr. Lon Vaisman, infectious diseases expert. And that does it for our time here on this Tuesday. Thanks as always for yours. I'm Jeff MacArthur. Have a great rest of the afternoon. I'll see you right back here tomorrow. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.